royal we? Yes, royal oh, we. my lord. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. Or the week, in this case. Or the week. We're going to try to make the week make sense. Thanks, everybody, joining us. Oh, I'm Kai Rizdal, by the way. Um, thanks for joining us on the pod today uh, and the YouTube live stream for uh, a little bit of economics on tap. Uh, we'll do the news fix. We'll um, play a little game at the end. I will also point out that I am enjoying an adult beverage for the first time in 34 days. It's uh, it's Beachwood Brewing out of Huntington Beach, California. Can we see this? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's their 28 Haze Later Hazy IPA. It's quite quite delicious. Um, <laughs> you know, I tried some. I, I t- we talked about this the other day. I tried some alcohol-free beers. They were fine, except they tasted like cardboard. So, anyway. That doesn't sound like fine, Kai. Well, no. So, so here's what it was. It had a real... Uh, let me get all wine geeky on you here, he says to mm-hmm. the wine person in the crowd. It had a really good nose, right? It smelled really <laughs> good. That first taste as it hit your tongue was really nice. And then the finish was cardboard. It truly was. I was like, Ugh, what is this? Yeah, true. You know, I took a... Um like mocktail mixology class a couple weeks ago. And one of the things that they said was a struggle when making non-alcoholic cocktails is getting the bite, right? You know? And so, like, that's That's probably what you felt was missing. Yeah. That's that's exactly the right phrase. That's exactly the right phrase. Yes. I'm seeing a lot of people in the YouTube chat who uh, successfully made it through dry January. Congrats all. Uh, I did too. And it's funny. I was out... Last night, and I was at a comedy show that my friend uh, was organizing at this dingy little dive bar place, and I ordered a glass of wine, and I was like, I'm finally going to like be done with dry January. I'm going to have a glass of wine. They were completely out of wine in the entire bar. No red wine at wow. all. They offered me a really? rosé, and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and, <laughs> and <so laughs> I spit on your rosé. That's pretty funny. I didn't that. Wow, that's that, okay. But you know what's and funny I is like, I, I have that reaction to a lot of beers too. So I I know where you're coming from. And so I was like, I guess I'll just stay dry another day. And so for me today, I am drinking a combo of non-alcoholic things. So the first one is this um, Avec Premium Carbonated Mixer in yuzu and lime. Uh, you're supposed to either mix it with a spirit or drink by itself. I am mixing it with not a spirit, but <laughs> with this little packet of um, craft mix strawberry mule that's actually oh several God. years Kimberly. old. Kimberly, Kimberly, <laughs> I've oh my audience. Because... I apologize on behalf of on behalf of everybody here at Make Me Smart for subjecting you to whatever Kimberly's about to do to herself. <laughs> several years ago. Actually, no, I think it was the first year in the pandemic. The beloved David Brancaccio like sent out these little nice little holiday kits with like little teeny tiny bottles of liquor and little mixers and things. I didn't since we get couldn't one. have a holiday Thank you, party. David. I it's because he doesn't one. love you like he loves me. Um, and true. so <laughs> I mixed it together. And so I have a very pink drink that is uh, oh my God. tasty. It taste? It's actually tasty. Your, your, your sister, by the way, gave you a yikes for whatever that beverage is that you're drinking. So. I'm just saying. Look, I'm you know, I'm in the bureau. I didn't expect to be here for the show. I, I made it work with what I had, okay? That's fair. That's fair. Lots of good drinks I going see. on out there. Lots mm-hmm. of good drinks. Yes, good, yes, good, good. yes. 
Uh, okay, so yes. uh, here's news. my here's my news rant, and I will just I will just say this: I need everybody to calm the hell down about this balloon. It's making me crazy. It's making me absolutely nuts. So look, I have cable television on in the background in the office when I'm at the office, and it's wall to wall, and I just don't understand because, oh my Lord, yes, fine. But there are Chinese satellites and Russian satellites and all kinds of satellites up there that have as good, if not better, um, target differentiation and all of that. And I understand that it's a little weird to have this Chinese balloon floating over your head, but please, everybody calm the hell down. You know what it reminds me of? I don't know if anybody, I think it's the beginning of Apollo 13, although I could be wrong. Maybe it's the right stuff. Might be the right stuff. That scene back in like 1956 or 57 where Sputnik goes over and you see these smoke-filled rooms and a lot of old white guys in suits smoking and saying, oh, my God, the skies are now red, and which is what the headlines were in all this jazz. That's exactly what it reminds me of, right? Just calm down. We're doing it to them. They do it to us. Is this interesting? Yes. Is it newsworthy? Yes. But everybody calm down. That's my news rant. That's all I got. I just admit Someone with a lovely screen name, Toxic, uh, wrote in the Ooh. YouTube chat, how many people freaking out about the balloon also have TikTok installed on the phone next well, to them? Right. Right, 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 right. My favorite thing, by the way, sorry, my favorite thing, and at least germane to the subject of the program that I host, was that the Treasury Department today came out and said it is monitoring the balloon situation. And the only (laughs) thing I can think of, the only thing I can think of that the the Treasury Department is monitoring the balloon situation is if it's filled with fake $100 bills and it will burst. (laughs) And shower fake money down on America. I just, I don't get it. Everybody needs to get in on this action. And I just, I don't understand. You guys, everybody Maybe it's got the trillion dollar coin inside. Maybe it's, maybe it's got the damn coin in it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Oh, I just, it boy. just, I don't, it, it, it's so, everything's a crisis. Everything's a crisis. Is this newsworthy? Yes. Is it an invasion of sovereignty? Yes. Is it, ah, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm loving okay, I'm all gonna... the jokes in the YouTube chat. Balloon subject to inflation. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Yes. I like that one. Thank you sometimes, G. All right. Uh... <laughs> oh, my goodness. What do you have? Mine's a little bit more serious, um, but, well, a lot more serious. So let me just tone it down. Um, today, the Associated Press has a story. Well, actually, no, this was on Wednesday. On Wednesday, attorneys general in 20 states sent letters of warning to CVS and Walgreens saying that they will face legal consequences if they sell abortion pills by mail in those 20 states. Now, you might remember a bit ago, the FDA basically eased Mm -hmm. the rules on abortion pills saying that, you know, regular pharmacies could sell them. A lot of these pharmacies provide drugs by mail or will sell things online and mail them, you know, out of state if it's a over-the-counter or, you know, unrestricted medication. And so in theory, these big pharmacy chains that have said they will sell it could be selling it in these states, either mailing it into the state or just selling it, you know, on their own. And so the letter came from um, my beloved home state of Missouri, the Republican Mm -hmm. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, and was co-signed by 19 other attorneys general, saying that it would violate federal law and abortion laws in many states if they sold those Mm. abortion pills, which is Mm. not technically accurate. And 
the Associated Press apparently reached out trying to get comment from you know, Bailey and others in terms of mm. what they would do if Walgreens and CVS actually sold these pills. And uh, they did not specify what legal action they would take if the pharmacies began selling those abortion pills to Missourians by mail. The quote is, I will enforce the laws as written, Bailey said in a statement mm-hmm. in response to questions from the Associated Press, that includes laws protecting the health of women and their unborn children. The FDA rules in direct violation of federal law and the unelected bureaucrats at the FDA have no authority to change Missouri law either. It goes on and on and on. This gets back to something we talked about when the ruling first came down overturning mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade. Wade which gets to the Interstate Commerce Clause, right? Yep. And the federal government having the job of managing interstate commerce. Now, let's just it's say... it's literally in the Constitution. Sorry, that's... Just it is. That loud, right? yeah. So let's just say that Walgreens, CVS, or even let's just say Planned Parenthood decides to set up its own pharmacy in a state where abortion pill... pill pills are perfectly legal, and mail abortion pills via the U.S. Postal Service, right? It is a felony to interfere with the mail. Oh, good point. Good point. So now what's going to happen? Because that's right in the interstate commerce thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And and you can see this. It'll be very interesting. And you can see it working its way to the Supreme Court, right? I mean, it's a classic constitutional question. Right. And as people are pointing out, pharmaceuticals by mail are not illegal. And so unless these states plan on opening up everyone's packages that are moving through the U.S. Postal Service, which is, again, very illegal, uh, that's Mm going to be a very difficult thing to enforce. So that, uh, you know, will be fascinating to see how that plays out. Okay, my other story is much more uplifting, which is a story I saw in Psychology Today, which is appropriate as my psychologist sister is in the YouTube chat. Uh, The headline is The 10-Year Rule, Change Your Life Every Decade. The premise being that it's a good idea to kind of do a life reset every 10 years, that, you know, just because you spend maybe a decade getting really good at one thing rather than kind of like rest on your laurels and just like keep doing Mm -hmm. it until you die. Every 10 years is roughly a good idea to kind of reinvent yourself and try something completely new, which I think is a really uh, cool idea and a nice way of thinking about it. Because um, as as my friends who are entering what supposedly is middle age and I have been thinking, you know, (laughs) like the women in my family, God bless them, have longevity which means all things working well, I hopefully will have, you know, more than half of my life left, which means there's a lot of more interesting things that could be done. And especially with medical, you know, advances and science getting better, like, you know, there there are a lot of things that could still happen. Maybe we can still be astronauts, Kai. Maybe. Well, you may be. I'm, I'm probably uh, at or, you know, <laughs> slightly beyond the cutoff. But look, you know, so this is really interesting, and, and, and here's what it goes to. My wife and I were having this conversation and have been having this conversation for a number of years about next chapters mm-hmm. and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And one of the things that she says is, well, I'd love to take XYZ course or become XYZ, but that'll take five years. And my response always is, hey, babe, look, in five years, you're going to be five years older. 
whether you've had this training or not, whether you've taken this course or not, whether you've explored mm-hmm. this option or not. So do it now, you know? Yeah. Cheryl and Alexander yeah. in the YouTube chat says that she's 74 and has had six plus careers slash businesses. Oh, my gosh. There you go. There you go. And there I read go. all the time about these authors who don't even start their writing careers until they're in their like 50s or even mm-hmm. 60s and still mm-hmm. do really well because they've got like a lifetime of yep. experience informing their yep. writing and it makes it really interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's a really, that's a really good sort of just uh, not a rule to live by, but just a thought. Just bear it in mind yeah. as you freaking move through life. Ooh, LJ Payne went to college at 50. Good for you. There you go. I'm curious what you study. There you go. All right. Now we are going to do something a little bit different. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to play a game. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine... I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. And so now we are going to play our very, very fun game called Half Full, Half Empty, where our very own Drew Jostad, who would have given us a longer break, I should say, will give us news topics and will tell you how we're feeling about them, whether that is more positive on the half full side or more negative on the half empty side of things. And uh, you're welcome to play along in the chat. And Drew, let's take it away. Are you half full or half empty on couponing on TikTok? Oh, so this like is an interview I did this of week. Videos of couponing? With, okay. N- no, so there's. I spoke to a woman named Kayla Burke, and she is, by her own description, a full-time extreme couponer. So mm-hmm. she has two million followers on TikTok, where she does explanatory videos on how to basically get something for nothing, and it's totally interesting because it's not really simple at all. There's a minute and a half video that I saw as prep for the interview on how to get uh, it was i don't know what like 10 bucks off whatever product it is right but couponing which honestly i thought kind of was an older person's thing is not it's very real it's very digital now you do it on your phone it's a click and a tap and a bang zoom and you got whatever you need for basically free or two for one or whatever um i'm half full i just don't have the energy for it i just don't have the energy for it because it takes concentration 
I'm That's half nice. full on couponing, but I should say I used to be a little bit of an extreme couponer. Like I, I'm that person who would, you know, get the coupon for the two for one and then like ring up with the two for one that gave you the extra credit where if you bought four, two of these things and you get like five dollars in credit and then you do a separate transaction, then you use your other coupons on oh that transaction God. so that you can use the extra money. I did all of those things. And. I would, you know, actually, I'm that person who would send like a screenshot or or a photo to my friends, like, look, I just saved forty two dollars at CVS, yeah. you know, and I would be yeah. very excited about it. Can I tell you how sad I was? I guess it was last year when the oh gosh, people are asking if it's coupon or coupon. Ugh. Well, God, God bless the YouTube chat because I was going to ask you, but since the since <laughs> since the chat did, we're look we it's it's a regional dialect thing. That's what it is. Wait, what did I say? Did I say you said coupon? You say coupon. I say coupon. It's coupon, a wash. Coupon, coupon. Huh? Interesting. I never even potato, thought about it. I say potato. You say tomato. Let's call the whole Sorry. thing off. <laughs> That's called there. You um, go. There you go. But I was really sad because the Washington Post got rid of its coupon section and now uh, like if i want well, to do it i have to do it on my phone and that's really yes. just like data harvesting and i don't want these companies to know my shopping habits and i know that that's why they do it but now i just don't use coupons as much because i don't want to hand over all of my shopping data for a dollar off <sighs> to quote scott mcneely the one-time ceo of sun microsystems you have no privacy and get over it I know, but I want to keep the illusion. I know. I know. That's well. That's fair. <laughs> all right. That's what's fair. I, that's what's fair. next? Look, Drew? get you going through the day, Drew. Please mm. help. All right. The last Boeing seven forty seven was delivered this week. Are you half full or mm -hmm. half empty on? I guess the end of the era. The queen of the skies. So let me date myself here. So when I was a kid, my father worked for a bunch of different airlines, and we would. Fl and he was born in Norway, so we would go back every now and then and visit his parents, and we would fly space available. Because uh, my dad worked for an airline. Uh, and my dad, we'd get to the airport, and my brother and I and my father, I mean, this was back in the, well, it was a long time ago, let's just say. And so my dad made me and my brother put on suit and a tie, and he had to put on suit and a tie. And, and so we would go up, and, and my dad would schmooze with the gate person or the, or the, the um, airline people. And probably, my dad was really good at this. And so probably, <laughs> probably eight times out of ten that we went, we would wind up in first class. And back then, mm -hmm. there were almost always 747s going from New York to, to London and then up to Norway. And so we'd be in first class on a 747. And I have distinct memories of doing like my eighth grade homework in the upstairs lounge of a 747 in 1970, wow. whatever the hell it was. And it was, it was when glamorous. there were couches up there. Yeah, there were couches and a bar and like tables and stuff. It was crazy. It was crazy. Wow. I, I will, yeah, yeah. So I'm a big fan of the 747, half full. I think I ended up in first class for the first time in my life, like, last year. <laughs> oh, mm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I mean, uh, so in terms of the 747, I'm, I'm going to go half full. Like, I'm a little sad for the nostalgia factor, but planes are better and more efficient. And, you know, oh, yeah, for sure. I have to the thing that the 747 brought in was sort of access to airline travel for so right. many more people. And right. now, you know, we don't need 
to have 500 people on a plane to travel. And I think that just makes it nice. Um, I love all the stories of people flying in the 747s. Barbara Monaghan mm-hmm. says, I flew to Thailand on the top cabin, first class of a 747, but it was decked out in seats, not a lounge. <laughs> yeah. It was something. Yeah. It was something. Why is everybody so excited about the Hyperloop? <laughs> oh, I, I, one well, person is excited uh, about the Hyperloop. One, one person troll. who's oh, probably a troll. Got it, got it, got it. Probably a troll. All right. All right. Next anyway, up. Drew. All right. There seems to be a bit of a revival in the use of old school cameras, both digital and film. Are you half full or half empty? What's an old school digital camera? Like so, so old okay. school meaning so we, like so, twenty years so, ago. So here's here, here's the way cameras are now, right? If I could just demonstrate, right? But there is a revival, and it's like the hipster thing. If I could apply hipsters to like young millennials or Gen Zers, of actually using old digital cameras like we used to use twenty years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like the thing, and it's a good look and whatever. I I don't. Can I be half? I don't care. Hey, you kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known that Sorry. was coming. I'm going to go half full just because I love things vintage. Like, I have a typewriter in my oh, that's house. <laughs> I mean, do um, you? You and Tom Hanks. Yeah, he, he made an app for it, too. Like, it's an yes, app. Yes, I know. I had it for a while, and then, and then yeah. I discovered it was useless. But yeah, he did have an app for sure. It made a nice sound, though. Um, yep. So here's a little uh, random story. One of my first jobs in public radio was as the assistant to NPR senior news analyst Dan Shore, who used to right. do commentaries and uh, sort of weekend reviews for NPR. And yep. as his assistant, one of my main jobs was to take his scripts that he would type on a typewriter. And we're talking like yeah. 2009, 2010 here. He would type them up on a typewriter and then I would have to type it into the computer so that it would actually oh be God. in the system. Oh, my God. And That's so funny. I blew everyone's mind when I convinced Daniel Shore to type his scripts on a computer yeah, because everyone was convinced it. he would never do it. And uh, I was able to convince him to do it because he was an, a nice man. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Yes. And you're a persuasive woman. He used woman, to sing so, me. You know, there you go. <laughs> he used to sing me La Vie en Rose all the time. It was so sweet. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, mm-hmm. What is next? Paramount Global Sorry. announces they're merging the Showtime streaming service with Paramount Plus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you half full or I'm half so empty? Sick and tired of this. I'm so sick and tired of the streaming wars. I'm so sick and tired of them. I don't. I'm. Okay. I'm half full. It's going to make prices go up, right? Are you? All right, go ahead. Why? Because, like, there's too many. There's going to be consolidation, and we're going to get the streaming version of cable eventually. Let's just just get to it. It's going to happen. Let's just just start. All right. Yes, what Kimberly said. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yep. All right. That's That's a really good point. I'm just, I'm so sick and tired of the streaming wars. Last topic for the poll. All right, last topic for the poll. Good thing thing Drew's paying attention. Yes, everybody get ready to vote in the YouTube chat. (laughs) Are you half full or half empty on people responding to high egg prices by raising inflation chickens? Oh, fascinating. All right, let me just scroll back through the YouTube chat here for a second while everybody ponders this. Ryan Coleman, I pay $80 a month for YouTube TV for my parents already. So, Ryan, yo man stop Holy eighty dollars a month is that how much that is that's a that's a lot that is a wow. lot 
All right, whoever's running the YouTube chat needs to zots this Ital Italy uh, person <laughs> because he, he and or she is just trolling us. Uh, inflated chickens, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so uh, the inflated chicken story is out of the New York Times, I think is the one we're talking about with um, uh, Anna Swanson did it and Gina Smilek also about uh, eggs and chickens and all that good stuff. Um, I mean, my uncle has been raising chickens since before. It was cool. Uh, every time I go over there, mm -hmm. he's like, oh, do you want some eggs? And I'm like, again, I don't like eggs. I don't know. Really? Don't like egg eggs yeah, and cheese, no, right? I have cheese is a no-no for you? Eggs and cheese, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and breakfast Any other is dairy you don't do that we should know about? Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I'm mildly lactose intolerant. I don't have milk, but I do eat yogurt. There's that. So, do, what, what is, what is, all right, wait, sorry. While we wait for the poll to complete, what is your morning hmm. beverage then? Tea. We're just straight up, no milk, no nothing? Black tea with sugar, and actually I put whole cloves into it. Do you? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Quite tasty. Yes. Interesting. That is what I all have. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, All right. Do, 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 do. Let's see. Debbie Donovan points out that I do like I, I like banana flavored candy, which is true. I do. That's true. Everybody's Long got time listener thing. there, boy. Why is Nikki talking about eggs and squirrels? What? I don't know. <laughs> oh right. Okay. Know. So somebody uh, said in the chat uh, that we could that I could use my uncle's eggs as something to barter for other items. True. Uh, and my sister followed up with eggs and squirrel because yes, my uncle will sometimes occasionally send me home with squirrels that he has hunted because we, yes, we I do know how to you cook. Have a squirrel in your freezer. Yes. Yes. This is this is a, this yes. is the joke. It's true, but it's also funny. All right, what yeah, is our I, vote? You know, I don't think it's any joke. <laughs> All right, I don't even know. Somebody needs to slack it to me or whatever because I don't know how to do this bleeping poll Well, it looks still. like... All right, here, oh, wait, here it is. Oh, wait, I had it. And then away, away. What the hell? All right, no, there it is. All right, here we go. I got it. So, yes, mm -hmm. half empty on uh, inflation chickens, 56%, half full, 43%. The poll is complete with 197 votes. So this was an article in the New York Times by Gina Smilik and Anna Swanson about egg inflation and how people are actually starting to raise chickens at home to counter the high cost of eggs. And there has been an increase, apparently, in the number of much as we saw mid-pandemic when people kind of started going back to work in the office and all those pets they adopted had been now given up for, for uh, not being able to be home, people are abandoning mm -hmm. their inflation chickens. Don't, don't abandon your inflation chickens, people. Just don't. Yeah, it's like everybody who abandoned the pets. That was super sad. I, I mean, know. I guess chickens are pets I know. people, but yes. don't, don't be that person. Anyway. All right. Well, we did it. There it Oof. is. <laughs> we got here. Okay. What to say? Oh, I think Lord there's supposed to be music now. Okay, there it is. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, who's producing this? Where's Courtney Burks? Jesus. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, we are done for today because clearly, even without the booze, we get a little loopy <laughs> on a Friday. <laughs> um, next week, we are going to be back with more news you can use, economics on tap, 
make me smiles, what do you want to know Wednesdays, all the things, but we cannot do it without you. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on the Wednesday show, a comment you want to just give in general or questions or something like that, something you heard on today's episode and you have strong feelings about it, let us know. Mm -hmm. We're at 508-UB-SMART. Also, you can email us at makemesmart at marketplace.org. We're all about strong feels. If you guys got them, let us know. Hmm. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by Tra- engineered Kai by Charlton Thorpe. It's my first beer in 35 days, people. Drew Jostad wrote the theme music to Half Full, Half Empty. <laughs> Antonio Barreras is our intern. Everybody, the team, probably sober behind our Friday game, is Mel Rosenberg, Emily McCune, <laughs> and why? why do they have to be sober? And Antoinette Brock, Sorry. Marissa Cabrera is no our music. acting senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcast, and Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. And thank you to everybody for following along. Have a wonderful weekend. And tolerating us. Oh, my Lord. Yes, tolerating us. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine... I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.